0: Appreciate y'all muting me while I was singing, then, because that'd, that'd mess things up pretty bad. At one point, I heard myself and I was like, Ooh, Lord, I'm out of key. But I just kept singing. I just kept singing. Hey, if I've not had an opportunity to meet you, my name is Peyton. I, I get to be the pastor here at this church, and we're so grateful for what God's doing. We're so grateful that you're here today. Um, we've been in a series for, this will be the fifth week, called Storymaker. We're going to conclude this today. Uh, I want to just say this. Um, if you're a first-time guest here, we are so glad that you're here. We, um, we're so grateful for, for you choosing to be with us. We know there are a lot of places you could be on this Sunday morning, and so we're just grateful that you chose to be with us also I uh, just want to also thank all of our home people that are here you are the city lots and so grateful for that so this morning we are finishing up the story maker series and the idea behind it is up until last week we had been saying that God is he is the story maker he's he's writing our story but last week we kind of flipped the script and said hey actually we're the story makers because we're supposed to be little Jesuses, little Christ here on earth and so that makes us the story maker then. He's writing a story in us. We learn to share that. We learn to go out and be like him. And so that makes us the story maker as well. And so this week we're, we're ending with fiction or nonfiction. And let me tell you what my hope is today. I just need to go ahead and tell you this because I'm jacked up. I have been from the beginning of, uh, from the time my eyes opened this morning. I'm bringing a lot to you this morning, okay? So I'm trusting that you're, you're, you're gonna be able to hang. If you hadn't had your coffee, this would be a great time to take intermission And go get like a monster drink or something like that because I'm going to bring it to you this morning and I need you to hang with me. A lot of scripture, a lot of notes, a lot of just thinking, but ultimately what I want you to get is the big picture, okay? Is the big picture of where we're going this morning. But here's what I need you to do first because I want you to help me because at church we don't come just to hear somebody, we come to participate, Amen? amen? Under your seat is a piece of paper that says true on it, false on one side. I need you to grab that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I need you to just respond by holding up either the true or the false, okay? Now, I also want to tell you, what I'm fixing to ask you, these are like some weird and goofy facts that I just randomly looked up. There's no rhyme or reason behind it, and some may stump you just because they're such a dumb question, but it's okay. Just hang with me, and we're going to get through this. You guys ready? True or false? Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, was actually afraid of the dark. Are some people not participating? (laughs) That is true. He actually was afraid of the dark. True or false, there is no word that rhymes with orange. I heard somebody say, you mean smorange isn't a word? (laughs) That is true. There is no word that rhymes with orange. I've got another one for you, but I'm also going to twist you on it too. True or false, there's no word that rhymes with purple. Unless your name's Steve Urkel, okay? <laughs> Let's see here. True or false? If all the blood vessels in your body were laid end to end, they would reach about 60,000 miles. That is true. That is true. 60,000 miles. What I love is I see people cheating off people for this. <laughs> hey, what are you been? Some of y'all kind of holding it halfway, so when I say the answer, you can flip it around right real quick. <laughs> Swimming after eating increases your chance to get a cramp. True or false? That is false. Yeah. That is false. What is true, though, is that if you go swimming with a, a, a full belly, that you're most likely to get shortened breath. But it is not true that it actually increases cramps. So, My wife told me that, that was, my wife used to be a lifeguard. She said, that's just something the lifeguard made up to keep kids out of the pool. <laughs> true or false, flamingos can sleep in ponds that freeze around their legs at night. That's a true statement. That's a true statement. We'll do a couple more because I'm having fun. (laughs) True or false? Cows can sleep standing up. Oh, yeah, that's true. But listen, you need to come back because we're going cow tipping in a couple weeks. (laughs) You voted. A couple more. Instead of sweating, dogs pant when overheated. True or false? False. That is actually, Mrs. Wheels, we talked about this last night. That's actually false. They, listen, listen, they sweat through their foot pads. They pant to regulate their breathing. Told you. Told you. <laughs> All right. I see you got, I got two more for you. Mama birds will abandon their babies if touched by a human. True or False. That is false because most birds don't even have really much of a sense of a smell, so uh, let's see Last one. Well, no, I got two more. I got a bunch. And I got plenty of time left, so let's just rock it. True false. It takes seven years to digest chewing gum. That is false. That's false. Some of you may be glad to know this one. I was. Oh, let me just, let's just read this one. There was a restaurant... See, this is one of those ones where, like, it's either, like, it, it's just hard to say because it's so outlandish. A restaurant called the Heart Attack Grill had a hospital theme, and scantily clad nurse waitresses served a quadruple bypass burger is what they called it, loaded with 9,982 calories. A customer died of a heart attack while eating there, resulting in customers taking photos of him, assuming it was a stunt. You think that's true or false? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Whoever, yeah, that's true. Last one, right here, last one. The average person swallows 8 spiders a year in their sleep. Now, how many of you are ho- how many of you that said false? You hope that's the answer. That is actually false. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? (laughs) The reason I wanted to ask you those questions, you can put those back or take them home with you, whatever you want to do, is because sometimes God writes stories in our lives that just seem like, man, there's no way that could be true. And it's one of two ways. It's like there's no way God could be that good to me, someone like me who's jacked up, who's messed up, who's turned my back on him, who's denied him. Or it's the other way is we feel like God's writing a story and we're like, man, why is this happening to me? I mean, why is he putting me in a pond with flamingos and ice around my legs? Why is he doing this to me? And so what I want to challenge us today is, with is as we, as we finish this series with this last, this last message is I want to ask you this question. Are you living the true story that God is writing for you? What I mean by that is, are you living a true story? You're being, you're sold out to who you are. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to impress people that don't matter. And maybe you are. We're all a little guilty of that. Basically, is your story, is it made up or is it real? How many of you, and let's not, let's not elbow people. Let's not point them out. Let's not holler across the room. But how many of you know people that are, they're just fake. They're just fake. And it drives you crazy, right? But we can handle people when they're a mess. Even though they're messy, we're like, hey, at least, we'll say, well, that's how they are. At least that's who they are. That's not an excuse to continue living in mess. But are you living a real story? Are you living an authentic story? And today what I want us to do, man, we're going to take off, is I want us to look in the Old Testament about a guy named Jacob. There was a man named Abraham. He had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. That's who we're talking about today. And you should understand this. In, in the next little bit of time I have, we cannot cover the entire life of Jacob. But I want us to see a portrait of, of some of his choices that he made and the story that he lived out. And I want to see how you can relate to that, but also see how God has great promises for us if we'll just be who we are, if we'll just be who we are. So here's what's happening. Jacob has come across, uh, he's come up to a river crossing. He has his family there. He sends them ahead. And this is Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. I asked our volunteers this earlier. It says, remember Jacob, he sent his family across, and it says Jacob was left alone. And how many of you know sometimes God does his greatest work when we're alone, when we're by ourselves? It's not necessarily a bad place to be. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Verse 25 says, when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip as they wrestled and dislocated his hip socket. Sounds like a fight in a nursing home, doesn't it? Verse 26 says, then he, look, capital H, pay attention to the pronoun now. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. If you take notes, you should just even write that address on the back of your connection card or with a permanent marker on your wrist, whatever you want to do. But Jacob said, I will not let you, capital Y, go unless you bless me. Verse 27. I love this. He says, what is your name? Now, I want you to picture this. Two grown men. They've been wrestling all night together. And finally, eight hours later, they're like, hey, bro, what's your name, by the way? <laughs> what is your name, the man asked? Jacob, hang on to this, Jacob, he replied. Verse 28, it says, your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God. Anybody feel like you struggle with God? Anybody ever struggle with men? Women, you ever struggle with men? (laughs) Struggle with men and look, and have prevailed. Verse 29, then Jacob asked him, Please tell me, capital Y, your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And listen, leave me here. And he blessed him there. My prayer for you this morning is that when you leave this place, come tomorrow, come next month, on Wednesday when work is going to hell and you feel like quitting, that you'll look back to Sunday morning and you'll say this, I'm so glad that I went because God blessed me there that morning. God blessed me there that I went. And so I wanted to share, Jacob, he's, he's been left alone, he's sent his family off, he's wrestled with what we believe is God. A couple of verses later, Jacob goes on to say that I saw God face to face there. And so a thought that I want to share with you when it comes to living your story, when you get in these moments where you feel like you're wrestling with God or some kind of tension, is that sometimes the blessing comes in form, in the form of a burden. Sometimes the blessing comes in the form of a burden. Jacob has been left alone. He's wrestling with God. His hips has been dislocated. I mean, that's a pretty big burden. But yet he's, what we're going to see is that God is blessing him here in this moment that feels like a burden And I think a lot of it's about perspective. It's about when we're going through these tough times, if we would understand that they're not necessarily of God, but God will use those. It was in this moment where he wrestled with God all night that God changed his name and gave him a new name because when we come to Christ, he does new things in us. So whatever you're going through right now, let's just get a level playing ground that we're all going through some things. And honestly, sometimes we're in better seasons of life Sometimes we're a little bit up, then we are, you know, a little bit more down. And sometimes we're a little more down and we can't even look up. But the burdens maybe that, that are weighing on you, the financial burdens, the depression, the loneliness, the heartache, the confusion, that feels like a burden right now. God's trying to tell you to push through that because the blessing is coming. And you may have to wrestle with him. And he may have to dislocate your hip. But it's coming. The blessing is coming. Now, I want to just share a couple highlights about Jacob's life. One of the things, he, there was this struggle at birth. Next slide, please. The struggle at birth. I, Jacob, we're kind of bouncing around here. This story that we just read, Jacob was kind of a grown man. But this wasn't the first time that he wrestled with someone. Jacob had a brother named Esau. And I want to, this is all going to make sense. That's why you've got you've to connect with me. Jacob wrestled with God here. He found that in the burden came a blessing, but this wasn't the first time that he wrestled with someone. And I want you to see this, that from birth, Jacob was trying to really live a story that wasn't his. This is, excuse me, this is Genesis twenty-five twenty-one. Isaac, who is Jacob and Esau's dad. Hey, if you're married, you should listen to this, particularly if you're a man. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife. Listen, men that are married, when was the last time you went to the Lord on your wife's behalf? When was the last time you went to the Lord on your wife's behalf? I think we're really good at like wanting to try to have fun in the bedroom and do nice things for us and lovey-dovey, and that's a part of marriage. Amen but when was the last time you just lifted your wife up before the Lord and not had a concern of your own other than her? Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And listen to this, the Lord heard his prayer. And his, what I'm saying is Isaac took a knee that his wife had to the Lord, and she was blessed because of her husband. I'm not trying to put any responsibility on men. I'm just trying to make you feel some spiritual weight that you ought to feel. And his wife, Rebecca, conceived, verse 22, but the children inside her struggled. See, Jacob, as an older man, wrestled and struggled with God, but he entered the world this way in the womb. Inside her, he struggled with each other, and listen to this, where my moms at? hasn't, hasn't every mom said this, God, why is this happening to me? Why me? We feel you, Rebecca, but look at this. Leave me here, Bo. So she went, leave me here. So she went to inquire of the Lord. How many of you know, sometimes when we're going through our life that God is writing, there's like this internal struggle and we can't really put our finger on it. But instead of going to other people or the church gossip or social media, Sarah went to the Lord because that was, or excuse me, Rebecca went to the Lord. That was the only place where she could go to find out about this struggle that was going on within her. And I want to just tell somebody today that you keep putting that off or you keep, you keep just talking about it with people and you should need people in your life. You should be able to go to them. You need to quit being so dramatic on Facebook and grow up a little bit and just take those inquiries to the Lord because he is the only one that can tell you about the struggle that's going on. He's the only one that can explain what you're going through when it doesn't make sense. Verse 24 says, when her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. Verse 25, the first one came out reddish, covered with hair like a fur coat. Ladies, you married to some hairy men? They're descendants of Esau. In fact, it's biblical to be hairy. I guess I would just say that. I got some amens up here real quietly. (laughs) Came out like a fur coat. And they named him Esau. Verse 26, listen to this. After this, his brother, listen, came out, talking about Jacob, grasping Esau's heel with his hand. Let me hear. So he was named Jacob. Jacob means a lot of things, but one of the things it means is heel grasper. What I'm trying to show you here is from the very beginning, Jacob was not really content, if you will, with being second. He was trying to even come out of his mother's womb first. Do you know those people in your life, they're always trying to one-up everybody? It reminds me of that skit off of Saturday Night Live with Kristen Wiig. Who knows what I'm talking about besides my wife. You do too, Morgan? You're awesome. Y'all just got Jesus points sprinkled on you. (laughs) Pretty sure Leviticus says I can do that, Derek. Come on. But on a serious note here, even from Jacob's birth, he's trying to get ahead and not content with the story that God is writing. Do you know that discontentment can cause a lot of misery in your life? Always wanting, always grasping for something that doesn't belong to you. Or quite frankly, grasping for something that, that you don't deserve. And so you see here from birth, he struggled and wrestled with his brother to become first. And as an older man, he struggled and wrestled with God. Most likely, the problems that you're facing today, they're not new. You've been going through them. There's some similarity. There's some patterns there. The circumstances or the symptoms may look a tad different, but the core is this eternal struggle that we have going on. So David, excuse me, Jacob wrestled with God. He There was a struggle at birth with his brother Esau. There was also the stolen birthright, the stolen birthright. Now, I'm just gonna tell you about this. I don't wanna read the scripture, but I wanna just keep painting this picture of Jacob. The oldest son in these days had a birthright, and that was basically they were the next in charge. You know, they they got the family business, if you will. Well, Esau was a hunter, and Isaac, their father, was like, hey, I want you to go out and hunt prepare a meal for me. I'm going to give you your birthright. Basically, it's kind of like the anointing and the passing of the baton of the man's name. Well, I, excuse me, Esau goes out to go hunting and he can't find anything. But lo and behold, when he comes back, Jacob's in there just pouring some stew and making some tomato soup and grilled cheese. <laughs> Probably pepper jack cheese, not American. And he tells Esau, hey, and I know you're hungry. I know you're starving. I'll give you some of my food if you'll give me your birthright. Jacob also means deceiver, manipulator. See, here again, he's not wanting to live the story. that He's wanting someone else's story. Wanting someone else's story. You know it's painful for me? Just as a human, not a pastor. I mean, not that i want to take that off the table or not even taking a Christian off the table, but it's painful for me when I see someone who can't just be content with who God's made them to be. It doesn't mean that you can't improve or that you shouldn't stretch yourself on certain things, but it just it drives me crazy when they're trying to be someone else. That's exactly what happened here again with Jacob and Esau. He's like, I want your birthright. And Esau, because he was starving, was like, okay, man, listen, I don't even care about that. I just want my daily bread. I need something to eat today. So he takes his birthright. Then here's the next thing. Are you guys tracking with me? True or false? (laughs) True, good. The next thing is the stolen blessing. The stolen blessing. So he has a struggle at birth. He steals the the, the birthright. And I do want to teach on this for a moment, the stolen blessing. This is basically like this. This is um, Isaac, his father, is basically, he is fixing to die, and he's going to pass on the inheritance, and it's symbolic of receiving God's will for Esau's life. What has happened is, again, Isaac said, hey, I need you to go out into the field, prepare a meal for me, come back, we'll eat it. I'll anoint you and bless you, and you'll receive the blessing. So Esau goes out, and Jacob cuts in again. But only this time, Jacob's mom get involved. Don't raise your hand, but where am I enabling moms at this morning? (laughs) That's what you're fixing to see about her. She says, hey, listen, go out into the pen and get some animals, bring them back, I'm gonna put some of Esau's clothes on you, and we'll see if we can get you this blessing. Just this Genesis 27, 14. It says, So he went and got the goats and brought them to his mother. And his mother made the delicious food his father loved. 15. Then Rebecca, then Rebecca took the best clothes of her older son Esau. Look, I love this, which were in the house because don't moms keep a hold of everything, right? You can go to my mom's house right now and find like 6,000 pictures. And even I went over there the other day and she had some coat I wore when I was like five. I was like, good Lord, Mom. We can get rid of this, okay? (laughs) And my Boy Scouts, you know, just how they are. That's how my mom is. I go over and she starts pulling out, you know, den 762 and all my little patches. and, And had her younger son, Jacob, wear them. Verse 16. She put the skins of the young goat's and his, on his hands and the smooth part of his neck. Because remember, Esau was born like a fur coat. So he's, she's putting on this, this, this clothing to conceal or to hide who Jacob really is. And 27, verse 17 says Then she handed the delicious food and the bread she had made to her son, Jacob. 18. When he came to his father, he said, My father and Isaac. And he answered, He said, Here I am. Listen very carefully. He says, who are you, my son? Because how many of you know when you're trying to be someone you're not, something just doesn't settle right with people. Like, what's, what's, who are you, my son? Verse 19, listen to what Jacob says. Jacob replied to his father, I am Esau. Here again, trying to live somebody else's story. You're firstborn. I have done as you told me, Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may bless me. Verse 20, but Isaac said to his son, I love this. How did you ever find it so quickly? My son, hang me here. He replied because the Lord your God worked it out for me. Church people, even as a pastor, I wanna tell you something, that just because it sounds spiritual does not mean that it's spiritual. So you gotta check yourself when you hear something. Though it may feel good and warm and tingly, you got to make sure it's of God. Just because it sounds that way doesn't mean it is. And I ain't even talking about here as the shepherd of this church. Don't just leave here being fed off the things I say. You need to use a discernment and seek the Father on your own. Because Jacob's lying. That's what Jacob's name means. Verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come closer, look, so I can touch you. Let me hear, my son. Are you really my son Esau or not? And here's this, this, this tension with Remember, Isaac is going blind, he can't see, but something in his mind is telling him that something's not right. And there, a lot of times I can't always see what you're doing or how you're faking, but there's something in our minds that tells us, hey, this is not right. This person's not being who they're supposed to be or something's just not, not jiving well with me. And, and Isaac, he's feeling it. He's, you know, something's not right. Are you really my son Esau or not? Verse 22. Look, so Jacob came closer to his father Isaac. When he touched him, he said, Listen to how manipulative, uh, what, you know, just imagine what Isaac's going through. The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Verse 23, he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. And look, so he blessed him. He blessed him. Verse 24. Look again, he asked, are you really my son Esau? And he replied, I am. Let me hear Bo, you and I do this exact same thing. We wear clothes that aren't who we are. We wear jewelry to impress people. We make decisions every day to get Isaacs to believe that we're Esau. We talk a certain way. We hide behind certain things. This is still us today. And what we see is that God, is he is writing our story, but it can only be our story if we'll just live it out and be who God has intended for us to be. We do the exact same thing. We hide behind things. And here's what happened after this. Esau immediately comes in from the field expecting to get his blessing. And Rebecca sees him coming and she says, Jacob, you better run, boy. You better run, Esau's coming after you. And so Jacob goes on the run, listen to this, for 20 years. He's running from his brother, he's running from his problems, he's running from himself. The only problem is himself goes everywhere he goes. And so when it comes to living your story, I thought that I want to share with you is that it's possible to get what you want, but not want what you got. Next slide, please. It's possible to get what you want, but not want what you got when you get it the wrong way. Jacob wanted this blessing and he went to extreme lengths to receive it. But now he's regretting it. And it cost, it basically it's that what Jesus said. Hey, what, does it, what good does it do if a man gains the world but loses his soul? What good does it do in your story, Austin, if you get what you want but at a cost that the expense is way greater than the cost you thought you were gonna pay? When you can't bear the weight of being that person that you're not. Jacob would go on running for 20 years, basically regretting, regretting the things that he had done. And I just want to ask you just a diagnostic question. Don't, don't ask this, or don't answer this out loud. Just think through it in your mind. Are there some things in your life that you feel like you've been running from because you got them the wrong way? <clears throat> Here's what I'd like to do. I I want to end this message exactly like we begin or began. Can you take me back there? Just whatever the next Genesis 32 is, the next one. Yeah, go ahead, the next one. Listen, when Jacob ran from his brother, when he ran from Esau, when he ran after lying and living a fake story, he ran for 20 years. Where we started in Genesis 32, hang with me. Hang with me. Where we started in Genesis 20, 32 is 20 years later. Are you tracking? Somebody say, I am, if you are. I okay, I feel like some of you are with me. Some of you are like, what? After he ran 20 years later, this is Genesis 32. This is where we started. And hopefully this is going to make sense. Remember, Jacob said, I will, hold on, I will not let you go. Look what he says now, unless you bless. Me, I'm not trying to be Esau anymore. I've got a little bit older. I understand that I've made some mistakes and I can't, I've got to quit faking it and quit pretending. And in that wrestling with God, He knows, He says, I can't let go. I need, I will not let you go, Justin, until God, you bless me, Jacob, the liar, the deceiter, the heel grasper. I need you to bless me because I'm tired of living somebody else's story. Verse 27, he says, what is your name? The man asked. <laughs> Woo! Look what he says. Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm tired. I'm the liar. I'm the manipulator. I'm the heel grasper. I'm the person that's been running for 20 years. I'm the one that stole the birthright. I'm the one that stole the blessing. God, I'm I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob, and I feel like this is my story because there was a lot of things that I did in my life that I'm not proud of or pleased with. But at the end of the day, I just feel like you know I'm Peyton. I'm Peyton, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a preacher, and I'm a husband, and I'm a dad, and I'm good looking. <laughs> True or false? No, I'm just kidding though. Help me out here, babe. Help me out here. But at the end of the day, I'm Peyton. Like, I am who I am. And this is the tension for pastors. Now, a lot of times when I speak, it's us. But just for a moment, I want to talk from me to you. This is what I'm learning about ministry, and this is what I'm learning about what people want from a pastor. They want to know a couple things. One, can I, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Do I understand you? Can I connect with you? Then you also, you want me to be real with you, right? You want me to, that's why I connect with him, because he's real, But the fear is, how real can I really be with you before you start placing some judgment on me? Like, you want me to be real, but you also want me to lead you. But you don't want me to get too real because, well, that's just inappropriate, Pastor. Hey, but at the end of the day, when God's asking what my name is, Derek, I just say, I'm Peyton. I'm Peyton. Jacob's been running for 20 years, and this morning, you've been running, you're hiding something, you're fighting it, your heart is hardened, you're prideful, you're calloused, you're confused, you're desperate. And he's asking, what's your name? Jacob. Verse 28. Look, he says, your name name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God And with men, we know he struggled with Esau and his brother and other men. Now this is making sense, right? Now that we're coming back, sometimes you have to go back to where God brought you for things to make sense. Amen, anybody? You have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And I wanted to share this thought with you, okay? Next slide. Jacob was who he was. Israel was who he was with God in him. My name is Peyton, but with God in me, I'm a co-heir to the throne who's been lavished upon with grace and mercy. I'm just preaching right now here at the end. And I'm wondering why y'all aren't getting more fired up with me. Angie is who you are. Deeply loved is who you are with Christ in you. A sinner is who you are. Anointed by the grace of God is who you are with Christ in you. I'm so glad that when Christ comes to us, he gives us a new name and he does new things in us. I'm so grateful for that. Now, here's another thing that I want to share with you and we're fixing to end it. Remember when they're, they're, they're wrestling all night and God just says, you know, what's your name? And he says, I'm Jacob and I loved it. You know, because for years I'm Esau, I'm, I'm the first, I'm this, I'm that. But then Jacob says, but hey bro, what's, what's your name? And remember, he says, "Why do you? Why did you ask what my name is?" And he doesn't answer him. Anybody feel like you've ever asked God something, and he doesn't like, "Where you at?" I could really use you right about now. And when it comes to living your story, this is the thought that I want to share with you. God will often show up in our struggles, not to reveal who He is, but to show us who we are. Who are we? I'm Jacob. I'm the liar. I'm the manipulator. I'm the hill grasper. Maybe for you it's I'm prideful, I'm arrogant, I'm mean to my spouse, I'm insensitive. Maybe you're loving and caring and he's asking you and what you need to say is, you know what, I'm just, I feel like I have it all figured out. God will show up. If you're feeling like right now you can't find him or you're not getting answers, it's maybe because you're asking the wrong question. He's trying to show you something about you now listen to this, church. Jacob's been running for 20 years, and finally he gets his spot in his story, the, God, the story that God is writing where he just accepts. Hillary, I, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Now here's what happens next. Not quite next, but about 215 years later. 215 years later, Jacob has some descendants. Come on, worship team. Jacob has some descendants that we know as the Israelites. Anybody ever heard of Pharaoh and the bondage and all that? 215 years later, Jacob has some descendants, and there's a man named Moses that God wants to use. Listen, I'm fixing to bring it in right here. I need y'all to hang with me. I'm excited because I know where I'm going, but you don't. Hang with me. And the Israelites are in captivity. They're, they're being held by Pharaoh. And God always has a plans when we're being captive to conquer whatever's holding us down. Picks a man named Moses to go free the descendants. This is Exodus 3.13. I want, I listen, hang with me. Then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites, Jacob's descendants, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Leave me here. You hear that question? What is your name? You know, because there's power in the name of the Lord. There's power. It's our identity. When I say my name is Peyton, you guys have an image that comes to mind or you have a feeling about me. When I hear my wife's name, Ariel, I immediately have thoughts about it. When someone asks me what my kids' names are and I say Harper and Jude, I'm not just speaking. I'm breathing who they are because there's power in a name and he says what is his name what, what should I tell these people that, that are being held hostage and in captivity by Pharaoh what do you want me to say to them Exodus 3.14 says God replied because when you ask a God a question he replies back to his children it may not be the way that you want but he replies back you can be assured of it look he said I am who I am Aren't you grateful that he is who he is? He said, This is what you are to say to the Israelites because sometimes God gives us preachers a message for people and we just have to be, be obedient and share it. This is what you are to say to the Israelites I am. that I am has sent me to you verse 15 listen God also said to Moses say this to the Israelites Yahweh the God of your fathers listen the God of Abraham the God of Isaac leave me here and the God of Jacob has sent me to you now let me ask you something and just be honest for a moment When you're introducing yourself to someone, do you want to announce yourself as, hey, my name is Peyton. I used to be an addict, and I'm into sex, drugs, rock and roll. Or would I say, hey, my name is Peyton. I got a beautiful wife. I'm a pastor and two beautiful kids. True or false? You want people to know the good about you, right? True or false? Good? Yes. So I got to thinking, Then why would God say, tell them the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He wanted to tell the Israelites, I'm not just the God of your victories, I'm the God of your defeats, I'm not the God of your sorrows, I'm the God of your joys. Come on church, I'm not the God of just your pain, I'm the God that has a purpose for you. Stand up with me. Our debt has been paid, our debt has been paid, let's celebrate it. Hey, this is Pastor Peyton, and I just wanted to personally say thank you for connecting with us on our podcast and listening to today's message. I pray that God spoke to you. I pray that you're hearing him, that God is showing you the way and his plan for your life and how great that is. And more importantly, I hope that you take what you learn and you put it into action where you live, work, and play. Again, thank you so much. And God bless you.